4: I am
1: awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakunja Hade.
4: Hey, buju Relatives. This is Ogama Ganuakwe, and I am co-hosting or uh, assistant hosting, I should say, with uh, Dr. Anthony Stately of the Native American Community Clinic today on Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. We're live on the Civic Media Network in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and we are happy to have uh, Dr. Stately here. For our listeners over in Wisconsin who might not be familiar with you or your work, Dr. Stately, why don't you go ahead and give a quick introduction?
2: Sure. Thanks so much, uh, uh, Ogama. Uh, uh, good evening to our listeners um, near and far. Um, I'm uh, Anthony Stately. I am a descendant of the Great Red Lake and White Earth Nations of Minnesota, and I'm an enrolled citizen of the White, um, of the Oneida Nation of Wisconsin. I serve the Native American community of the greater Twin Cities as the executive officer and president of the Native American Community Clinic. We're a federally qualified healthcare center and community health center that serves the Twin Cities um, Native community. And um, we'll be celebrating our 20th birthday here in about two months in February, which is super wow. exciting. Wow. That is 15. really exciting. Yeah, Yeah, it is really very exciting. So we've been quite around for quite a while, um, which is good. We're we're almost legal, <laughs> 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 almost almost legal, and almost ready to drive without a provisional license. So
4: that's awesome. And then you guys, uh, Native American <laughs> Community Clinic, has been located down on the Franklin Avenue in the Indian yeah. Court of Minneapolis for twenty years too, right?
2: Yes. So we've been on the American Indian cultural corridor, right. And right on Franklin Avenue in the heart of the native community in Minneapolis for our entire, and our entire duration. So pretty, um, pretty proud of that. Um, we, you know, we, we have a, um, a fairly robust uh, operation. We have about 105 employees. Um, we have a full, fully integrated primary care clinic that provides um, all kinds of medical services to the to the um, native people living in the community um, and um, qu- quite a number of non-native people as well. Um, although our, our primary sort of focus is native people and native health, about 75% to 80% of our patient population is the native community in South Minneapolis. And then we have a few other people that we serve. We also have a Um, outpatient treatment program and suboxone um, administration program um, that we operate in partnership with the red lake nation and and a behavior health um, program that provides outpatient mental health services um, counseling individual counseling couples counseling family support those kinds of things and then also a fully um, uh, operational dental clinic
4: I was just going to mention the dental clinic because that's something yeah. I might have to come down and see you for. Yeah. There's a chip in my tooth that happened during uh, my pregnancy with my youngest, and uh, I could definitely oh, use some no. help to get that yeah. fixed. As you know, it's not it's not making it easy uh, in the wintertime. Every time you go out in the wind, that uh, that chipped tooth really stings.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The change in the weather and the colder, and if you eat something cold, it'll. Yeah, you want to take care of that sooner rather than later, too. I I had a chip in my tooth up until recently, too. Mm -hmm. No, I feel like um, less like a rock star. I I had it fixed about a month ago. So it's like...
4: Well, Dr. Stately, if you don't mind, I have just a little bit of news I wanted to touch base sure, on today, absolutely. and then we can come loop back around to uh, NAC and talk about uh, the sickness season as we come into winter. So, um, yeah. the first thing that I wanted to mention actually uh, has to do with us uh, Red Lake members and Red Lake descendants. Uh, the Red Lake Nation uh, put out a press release uh, earlier this month, um, indicating that they're working with the uh, Wilder Foundation, which is uh, research group. And they did a projection on enrollment um, based on the current enrollment criteria. And uh, Red Lake Nation really expects a rapid decline in tribal membership um, over the next several years uh, based on their current enrollment criteria. Red Lake Nation currently has a tribal membership enrollment criteria of one quarter Red Lake Nation blood quantum and all tribal membership enrollment criteria scenarios using the one quarter blood quantum um, will result in that population decline. And, um, even lowering it down to one eighth blood quantum estimates a slight initial increase in population size, and then it projects that um, the population size will start to decline um, after about a hundred years. So, um, they're hosting listening session. The tribe is hoping hosting listening sessions for members to come talk about here. Uh, what else this study was able to determine and to get questions answered about this. Uh, the first listening session was this Sunday, December 11th at Panema in the Boys and Girls Club, and they also had a virtual online session. But there is a session uh, today actually happening currently 530 to 730 at the new Red Lake Center. Um, but Thursday, December 15th in Minneapolis for our Red. Lake Nation relatives in Minneapolis, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Red Lake Nation emph- embassy, in the community room. You can attend the listening sessions on uh, blood quantum and enrollment criteria. If you have any other questions, uh, you can go to redlakenation.org or you can contact Sarah White at swhite at redlakenation.org if you have any other questions. Wilder Research is a really uh, renowned and respected independent research group, and um, I'm really glad to hear that uh, my tribe, I'm a citizen of Red Lake Nation, has partnered with them um, to start talking about what we need to do as a nation. Because uh, if you don't know everybody, blood quantum is genocide. um, Because we keep having to look at our enrollment criteria to ensure that our um, blood quantum will continue, but only dogs and horses uh, are the only other creatures on the planet who are subjected to this. And uh, eventually, uh, blood quantum, unless you start inbreeding, eventually blood quantum does taper off, off, which was the whole point of the blood quantum system when it began Um, so Mm -hmm. we do have to decide um, what is going to be the plan um, for our nation and I know that a lot of other tribes in Minnesota and elsewhere are looking into this Um, some tribes have even voted to go to a descendancy model meaning if one of your parents was enrolled that means that their descendants are automatically enrolled and so on and so forth for time immemorial which is the same amount of time that um, our native people have been here on turf Island. So I'm interested to see, um, what's happening. And, um, I unfortunately won't be able to make it to the listening session. So if any of my, uh, Red Lake Niches happen to uh, tune in and can give me an update, I'd appreciate that very greatly. Uh, another thing that happened here in Minnesota, um, and it's, it's deeply sad, uh, but I wanted to talk about it because it involves our animal relatives. Uh, Three bald eagles, three magpies have uh, died and 10 others have been sickened after eating the carcass of euthanized animals at a Minnesota lands- landfill. Um, AP News reports that veterinarians suspect that the eagles had died from eating part of a carcass of an animal that had been euthanized using uh, pentobarbital. And those animals had been improperly disposed of uh, in in the Invergrove Heights area in Minnesota. The other 10 of the 13 birds are currently in intensive care at the University of Minnesota Raptor Center. And uh, thankfully, the center's director says that she's optimistic the other 10 will recover. Um, but all when the eagles were found, some of them were lying motionless, face down in the snow. And uh, the raptor workers were not sure if they were still alive. Um, and the, um, they've confirmed, investigators have confirmed that euthanized animals have been brought to the landfill on December 2nd. Animals that have been chemically euthanized are supposed to be disposed of in such a manner that other animals cannot scavenge them. So if you have to go through the hurt of putting down an animal, make sure that you, uh, dispose of them properly and, uh, don't sicken any other animals with their carry on. So. Uh, breaks my heart that we lost some McGeezy But yeah, Doctor Stately, up. we're just wrapping up to go to commercial here. and When we come back, I know we have a lot to talk about with cold and flu season, and uh, COVID is still around. That is still a thing, everybody. So we can touch base on all of that uh, when we come back from uh, this message. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and this is Ogamaginuakwey co-hosting with Doctor Stately. We will be right back.
5: Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to mnsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org.
6: Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: Hey, buju Relatives. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. This is Ogama Kwe, who is uh, happy to stand in and help Dr. Anthony Stately uh, host for Robert Pilot tonight. He has some official Ho-Chunk business he's working on this <coughs> evening. And I just want to let everybody know that this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And this portion of the show is also brought to you by the Native American Community Development Institute, which is currently uh, funding the All My Relations Arts Gallery. And Rosie Sema's dance is performing the the um, the number, or I guess Rosie Seema's dance's performance uh The last day is Thursday to see She Who Lives on the Road to War. Make sure you go over to allmyrelationsarts.com if you want to see this beautiful and powerful dance performance. I know Robert Pilot had taken the time to see it and said it was great, but... um, Today, we have uh, Dr. Stately, and we're also welcomed by um, Angelica Allery, um, who's joining us on Native Roots Radio um, as a new uh, kind of helper. So, I don't know, Angelica, before we get started, if you want to take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody again. I know you've been on the show, but not for a while. Yeah, thank you, Oguma. Uh, my name is Angelica Allery. I
3: am an enrolled member of the sisseton Wapatin oyate I'm also Latina from Michoacan, Mexico, um, and I am here um, to you live, I guess, in, um I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I've grown up here all my life, and I'm looking forward to um, helping support and kind of um, train in what it means to work on an awesome, amazing radio station like this one, so it'll be really cool, and I'm excited to work with you all. Thank you.
4: We're really excited to have you too. And uh, Dr. Stately, I know you really wanted to touch about uh, the sicknesses that happen with our relatives this time of year with COVID, with RSV, with um, influenza. And we mean influenza, not the stomach flu, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, yeah, I mean, the stomach flu is a form of an is a form of flu it's caused by a different viral infection not necessarily the same flu as a respiratory flu but the Mm -hmm. the the bugs going around now that are really trauma like tearing up um ripping through not not just indian country but across the nation is um you know RSV, which is um a respiratory virus um respiratory syncharta virus um it's a fairly common uh, virus that um, has been around for quite a while. There is actually no um, vaccine currently right now that you can take for RSV. Um, it mostly impacts, has the most, uh, I think, strongest impacts, per- particularly among very um, young children, like uh, um, the ages of like two or one or younger than that, um, mostly because of the size of their um, their, um you know their airways and such. It causes inflammation in the um, in the bronchial tubes and a few other things. So it creates all kinds of challenges for them be, to be able to breathe. Um, and and they have l- little tiny lungs, and so th- that becomes mm-hmm. a real big challenge. Um, I know that um, early in the fall. Um, as, uh, school started and we started kind of going back to, um, you know, these large, um, events, um, that, that, that kids kind of attend, um, um, that are related to school, like sports activities and school dances and, you know, outings and field trips and all those kinds of things. Um, and then of course, going back and forth to school on the bus, Um, And some people have to go for long distances on the bus. Sometimes you're in a very small enclosed space on the bus, in the school, in the classroom um, with lots of um, kids and lots of other people um, coughing and hacking and those kinds of things. It's really important to um, just kind of pay attention to your children's symptoms. Um, RSV is highly contagious as is the Omicron variant of of COVID. Um, And then, We don't have a high number of children and um, or even just um, adults even that are vaccinated for the flu. Um, And so the flu this season has made a um, serious, serious, um, you know, comeback. And, you know, it's kind of like a sleeping giant has awoken. The worst the worst situation we're in is that these three respiratory illnesses have kind of, you know, converged to create all kinds of challenges for, you know, um, families, um, who, um, who need more support, um, you know, and, um, and sometimes, um, like I, I read, I was, I've been tracking the, um, the children's hospital beds, emergency mm-hmm. beds and those kinds of things in Minnesota, which is where I live and work. And, um, the state of Minnesota only um, had less than five um, percent of their hospital beds available last week to f- to, to treat children with respiratory illnesses. Yeah, um, and, and actually, of- and that actually across the nation, there's a, a serious shortage of um, children's hospital beds to to treat um, respiratory illnesses. So doing everything we can to sort of make sure that we're trying hard not to spread it in and among our families in and among our social networks and school and play and those kinds of things are really important.
4: Yeah. Speaking of social networks, I know on social media, I've seen a lot of uh, friends as families, you know, with small children, generally under the age of five, you know, um, they're in the hospital, they've got oxygen, they came down with RSV or they came down with COVID. Um And I know my daughter, I I have two daughters. I have a nine-year-old and I have a nine-month-old. And we've been very blessed, you know, knock on wood, that we haven't been very ill this winter. Uh, But my nine-year-old has some friends at school whose uh, twin baby siblings um, came down with um, RSV and almost had to be hospitalized. They were right on the edge of needing to be hospitalized. And their whole family had to come to a halt nobody could go anywhere. It was, um, almost as bad as COVID. It's that contagious. The family wasn't able to go, um, go to work or go to school or kind of leave their house while the infants were recovering. And, um, we may have lost Dr. Stately. Dr. Stately, are you still with us? Dr. Stately has been having a little bit of intermittent, um, internet problems since we started the show, but, um, Hopefully when he comes back, you know, as a mother of school, of a school age child and also um, an infant, I'm wondering if there's any like foolproof ways that uh, we could tell COVID from RSV, from influenza A or influenza B. Um, and Helica, how have you and uh, your networks been faring this year with uh, illness? Um,
3: well, it's interesting that I'm, you know, on this or helping with this piece. I'm actually, uh, I actually have COVID right now. And so it's been, um, it's been interesting. It's actually my first time that I have tested positive um, and my whole family has kind of caught it. So we're just kind of staying isolated the best we can. And, um, you know, um, I know that we did have like some sort of like flu-like symptoms like two weeks ago, a little after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and, um, and I know my mom kind of got, The worst of it she developed like a pneumonia from it and it wasn't yeah so she's recovering but she's doing a lot better Um, but it's really scary out there and I know that during the holiday season you know we want to get together with family but if we can do our best to isolate when we're feeling sick it's um, it's the best idea just to protect our little ones too because we don't know if we're carrying um, the RSV uh, virus as well and we have a lot of you know, in our, in our families, we have lots of babies and young children who mm-hmm. um, could be susceptible. So mm-hmm. um, I, my uh, advice is just drink a lot of water. I always say drink a lot of water and smudge and just send good energy out.
4: You know, our family's been doing a lot of uh, simmer pots where we um, simmer a little bit of cedar, sage, or citrus um, in some warm water on the stove, and I know that some viruses have a hard time surviving in slightly higher levels of humidity, or at least that's something that I've heard and that I take it that I know. Um, Dr. Stately, can you corroborate those facts for me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think generally speaking, um, a lot of the symptoms that that you have that are that you see with COVID also with the flu and then with RSV, there's generally some, some, some similarities there. So it's hard to know. The only way to really know is actually to get tested. Right. So you can actually go see your provider um, and you can get tested for um, influenza. Um, You can, you can, um, and I think one of the, I think that one of the most serious influenza strains right now that's going around is influenza A. It's pretty fairly virulent. Um, And um, the different flu strains kind of attack different systems of your body. Like the, one will attack more like your respiratory functions and your sort of like your typical cough, mm-hmm. your um, your sinuses, your nasally stuff. And then the other one will attack more, more your gastrointestinal and generally mm-hmm. cause malaise. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, a real one, one real clear symptom of RSV is like the, The wheezing, the deep wheezing, um, some people um, might mistake it for something like uh, more of a a, a bronchial infection or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's really important to, like, if you have difficulty breathing or your child has difficulty breathing, see a doctor, go to to the ER or the urgent care.
4: That's a good way to pause this segment while we go take a quick break, Dr. Stately. This is Ogama Ganuakwe for Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. I'm here with Dr. Anthony Stately and Angelica Allery. We're discussing uh, the realities of the cold and flu season for this year, 2022, as we come into the holidays. We'll have a little bit more when we come back from this uh, quick break from our sponsors. And if you haven't yet, head on over to... Uh, nativerootsradio.com and check out our website there. We will be right back. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer bivalent booster. The updated bivalent booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086.
0: Hello, Minnesota. This is Tom Hartman, and you can catch me every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's smart radio for smart people.
3: Think your company's safe? Your staff is working from home, right? As I speak, cyber criminals are mounting attacks across the country. Remember, when we're weakest, cyber criminals attack. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. The Rymark team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy-to-follow guide. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651- 328-8900 for a no-cost how-to discussion.
0: We at AM950 wanted to offer more thank you gifts for the great listeners who have become members. Brand new for 2023, AM950 has the new National Parks poster featuring photos I took at the National Parks. Members who sign up for a one-time $99.50 membership or recurring $25 per month membership will receive the brand new AM950 National Parks poster and the AM 950 2023 calendar as a thank you. Go to AM950radio.com, click on the tab, and become a member now. Thank you so much for supporting AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news the energy efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP, that's 612-333-SNAP, or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com.
5: Seward Co-op is now offering convenient, self-serve, and pre-packaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at Seward.coop.
0: With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Cloudy tonight with a low around freezing then rain and snow on Tuesday with a high of 35. There's no better time than now to experience the new Maggie's Lounge at Krooners Supper Club. Serving up light fare and cocktails, no concert ticket is required. Crooner's Supper Club, just north of 694 off Highway 65 in Fridley. MN.com This is uh, Leonard Peltier. here. I am in uh, Coleman 1.
3: U.S. and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilate.
4: Hey, relatives. This is Ogama Ganua from Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm happy to be standing in for Robert Pilot tonight with Dr. Anthony Stately, CEO of the Native American Community Clinic in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're also joined by Angelica Allery, who uh, I did not know this until the show started and she started talking about it, but uh, currently has COVID, <laughs> which um, is a fitting uh, thing because we're talking about the effects of uh, COVID-19, influenza, and RS on our communities and relatives uh, this evening. Uh, Dr. Stately, I know we just talked a little bit about how we can kind of tell the difference between COVID-19, influenza, and RSV. And you said RSV, there's really deep wheezing. You hear that kind of labored breathing deep down in the lungs for RSV. And then for COVID and influenza, you can um, have a test done. But when should people look into getting tested for covid and um, rs or in influenza
2: I think that you should um so the other thing that is different about flu from the other um flu and um covid um, from rsv um flu has kind of a more rapid sort of onset like i i always kind of i have this really busy... I haven't had flu in a couple of years, but I have this vivid um, um, memory of, I was at MIWRC, I was at a baby shower for my niece, um, who was um, having her baby, um, you know, impending birth. And like, right in the middle of the baby shower, all of a sudden, I started feeling like, really weak. And I had like, just like incredible aching pain in my legs that like emanated my hips and went all the way down to my body. Like all all of a sudden I felt like, like the way I felt internally was like, I ran into a brick wall. Like I had like no energy. I like completely felt like I had like hit a brick wall and fell down. And I was like, I looked at my niece and I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I think I'm having the flu. Like, and I shouldn't even be around you. You're pregnant. I get a, I got to leave. And you know. And um, ironically, it was like November, and it was um, in the middle of a snowstorm. Today. I drove all the way from. <laughs> I drove all the way from um, from South Minneapolis to Shakopee in a snowstorm with like you know the onset of flu, and I was just like, I had like just I felt unwell really rapidly, right. That's one way that you can tell that something might be more like a flu than it is like these other respiratory things because of the onset and how quick it is. COVID kind of happens more slowly, as does RSV. They sort of kind of grow and take this long incubation period before it sort of like slams you, um, whereas flu is pretty pretty instantaneous. That's one way of um, uh, figuring those out. Um, one of the things I think is just really important is like if you are having some like we we live in a time right now where you know we have these um you know covid is a is a worldwide um pandemic that is impacting communities all over the place look what 's happening in China right now right China who had you know the policy of zero covid they locked down their entire um country for you know the better part of like a year um worked really really hard to sort of um you know control that and annihilate it and here it is ripping through the um through through the country at the at this moment um we all have had really good examples um fairly recently of what covid has done in our communities and in our tribal communities and here in the country as well Um, United States leads the world in terms of the number of COVID um, related deaths um, um, around the globe. So we have, a, we have a really good, um, you know, hopefully that, that memory of what that experience was like is, is, is really close at hand. That's why it's really important to do everything we can to sort of like um, try to prevent the spread of it. We also happen Many tribal communities happen to have this sort of like this um, population where it's kind of like bimodal distribution. Most A lot of their, their members are older, like very, very old, and a lot of their members are young. So those and these respiratory illnesses are most dangerous for elders and for young people um, uh, who, who cannot sort of like, um, you know, combat them as easily as, mm-hmm. um, as people in the, as adults in their middle ages. Um, so it's really important to do things like, you know, all the things that we did during COVID when COVID first hit are really helpful both with RSV and also with flu, washing our hands, um, you know, covering our cough, um, staying home when we're not feeling well, um, minimizing our interactions with other people, um, wearing a mask, you know, God forbid, it's like, you know, that's like, um, that's the modern day, um, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh. Um, a form of swearing now is like asking people to wear their mask. Is like calling them a name and swearing at them. That's the way people treat it. But mm-hmm. it really is a very good way of managing the spread of of um, these viruses. A lot of the viruses actually spread through droplets that, like, you spray when you cough or you sneeze. But also, oh. like, if you cover if you cover your cough, right, and the droplets are in your hand and you fail to fail to wash them. You touch the doorknob, you touch the toilet seat um, mm-hmm. or to flush the toilet, you, you know, you touch your computer, you're touching the phone, all these other things, opening doors to clinics and stores and all those other things. You're leaving those droplets on, you know, the carts, you know, when you go to Aldi, get the little thing and wipe that cart down really well. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> you know having an infant in this day and age i um i've never been like a really big neat freak but you know i'm wiping down carts i'm like washing my hands Uh, i'm like wash the baby's hands go wash her hands with her our house um we've been we've managed to stay pretty healthy here at my house but we um, have a rule when you come in from anywhere when you come in even from the garage or just going to your car um wash your hands when you come inside is the first rule. Your shoes come off at the door and your hands get washed because we have a crawling infant. So we don't want to wear shoes from the store around the house. Um, and that has worked fairly well, I think to keep a lot of us healthy. Um, but I know that, you know, no matter how careful you are, um, you're still at risk of contracting COVID or RSV or, um, something of that nature. And um, I'm curious, Dr. Stately, if you happen to know, or if you can point our uh, relatives who might be listening on uh, good places where they can go to check what the rates are of those illnesses, if there's an outbreak in their area, um, or, you know, if they should take additional precautions, is the CDC still the best place to go for that information?
2: Yeah, the CDC has a really good, has really good dashboards nationally, and then have ways of like, drilling down and getting uh, information for your local local area like your state or your county Um, minnesota department of health um, has a really good website that tracks um, a lot of these um, uh, um, health health concerns in the community Um, and anybody can use it you just kind of like you you know google minnesota department of health and respiratory illnesses and click on that link and it'll take you to their dashboard you can kind of go through like the covid dashboard and the a influenza dashboard and look at like hospitalization rates and a few other things. I'm pretty sure that the, Minnesota, the Wisconsin health department probably has a really similar um, uh, dashboard. Um, one of the things I just kind of want to like, uh, when you were talking about your baby is like, I remember when my, my twins who are not 15, like when they were six months old, we had come back from Seattle to, to, to visit some family because their mother had died at, um, at six months old. Um, and we were back for her funeral and my kids got, my babies got flu when they oh. were six months old, you know, and they're you know, they're born they're like just these little chubby blobs of like, you know, just, just chubby, like really chubby faces and little chubby, like, you know, little sausage arms and legs, which I love when I was, you know, <laughs> I was passing. Um, but, um, you know, and, and they got the flu and within like a week they lost like, you know, 10% of their body weight. In a week Mm -hmm. which as for a baby is a tremendous amount of weight it was like they were i was so frightened it was just Mm -hmm. like it it scared it scared me so much because they were premature too so they were vulnerable they were born born with rsv um and and problem challenges with their lungs so you know just know that those are really serious conditions for little our little wee ones and we want to do everything we can to kind of protect them and keep them safe um yeah
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I... I hate to say it, but I think there's, um, we have a relative, I I refer to him as a grandfather, but technically speaking, he's not my grandfather, but you know how that goes when you're a native person, you know, he's he's my grandfather for all intents and purposes. And honestly, this winter, I've been staying away from him. He lives in elder care. Um, and it's more or less just assisted living. He still gets around and, you know, does all those things, but I've honestly been afraid to take, my infant and my school-aged child in there to visit him or even to take myself because they need me so much because I know that I could unknowingly carry that into a situation that could be really bad uh, for those elders in that care center. And um, I've been trying to reach out to him, you know, more with the phone and keeping in touch via social media. And I'm really hoping when this kind of tapers down in the spring and summer, as it usually does, we'll get to see him a little bit more, you know, when we can visit with him outside. Um, but the care center that he was in had a pretty bad outbreak of COVID uh, each year in 2020 they had one in 2021 they had one and then um, so far this year um, you know by creator's will they had not had a bad COVID outbreak I think they had m- one maybe two residents but not you know half of the floor uh, like they've had in years prior um, which I'm grateful for but it's still really early in the season you know can we talk about that like how long can people um, in the Midwest, I guess, in Minnesota, Wisconsin and the Dakotas and Iowa, you know, how long is cold and flu season, Dr. Stately?
2: Well, I mean, technically you can get a cold or the flu any time of the year, but the reason we see it like significantly peak in like the winter months, like, you know, usually like, you know, you know, October, late October, early November, like all the way through like March or April is because of how cold it is and people stay indoors, right? Like we're just, you know, we're not, we're not outdoor people in the middle of the winter. And so places and spaces where people are inside more frequently, that's where they're spreading it, like being close to each other and in tight quarters with one another. And it's a, it's a respiratory airborne illness. And so that's Mm -hmm. a big part of part of that. But technically you can get those conditions anytime during the year.
4: Right. Exactly. So we just have about a minute left here, Dr. Stately. And I know that we're going to come back for one last segment. Uh, Dr. Stately and Angelica, make sure you get ready to howl uh, because that's coming up in the next segment here. But... You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Oga here with uh, Dr. Anthony Stately of the Native American Community Clinic, or NAC, in the Twin Cities, and Angelica Allery. And we're all discussing uh, COVID-19, RSV, influenza A, uh, B, and uh, what you can do to keep yourself safe. And uh, next segment, I'm hoping to talk about some of those remedies we can use once we already maybe are sick. Uh, We'll be right back Mm -hmm. right after these commercial messages.
5: health insurance that fits my budget, I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to mnsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org, mnsure.org.
1: Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show?
5: How about we go to J. Selby's on 169
6: Victoria Street in St. Paul? They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable.
1: I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret.
6: You can pick up, and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com.
1: Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at J. Selby's tonight. I'm hungry.
6: this portion of the show is supported by howling for wolves please join howling for wolves on wolf day tuesday february 7th 2023 at the minnesota state capitol you can sign up on howling for wolves event page howling for wolves protecting wolves for future generations howl, howl.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: Hello, Buju relatives. This is Ogama Ganua Robert Pilot had some official ho-chunk business today, but I am here with Dr. Anthony Stately and Angelica Allery, and uh, I <coughs> want to let everybody know this portion of the show was brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations.
5: <coughs> oh! oh! oh!
4: Beautiful, everybody. Thanks so much for Howling. And like Wendy and Robert just said on that uh, quick break as we came in, February 7th, 2023 is Wolf Day at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up at bit.ly slash day 2023 or at howlingforwolves.org. And they uh, will help you go through the process to go and talk to your legislators here in Minnesota, about how you can protect the wolves and have uh, non-lethal methods to help keep the pack intact and uh, to not have a wolf hunt because that's just not helpful to uh, to anybody, I think. No, not to wolves, not to humans, not to anybody. It's not helpful, but... We're back and we're talking about uh, this. Uh, tis the season for respiratory illness here on Native Roots Radio. And uh, unfortunately, Angelica, who's joining us, has uh, come down with COVID-19 for the first time. You made it about two and a half, almost three years, Angelica. I think you did uh, better than <laughs> better than a lot of other people did. It took a while to catch it. But um, I was hoping that uh, Dr. Stately and uh, the three of us could all talk about us. Uh, some remedies, uh, either uh, Western medicine or traditional medicine or um, other types of medicines that we know um, for our relatives like Angelica or, um, you know, my daughter's friends at school who have little ones who have family members who are ill. Um, Dr. Stately, do you want to go first?
2: Um, sure. Well, I mean, I think you have a whole constellation of symptoms when you have um, like the flu right? You have a lot of body aches, like high temperatures, um, you know, soaring temperatures sometimes, like, you know, um, and those kinds of things, things that you can do to sort of kind of ease your, help you with your, the comfort of your body and your achiness is really important. Things like that. So hot, warm showers or hot showers and, and baths with Epsom salts, those kinds of things, things that will help soothe you and the achiness can kind of help help a little bit as well. And sometimes um, they can also help you break your fever, um lots and lots and lots of fluid lots of water um you know if you're diabetic don't be gobbling down quarts of you know and gallons of um orange juice there is actually not a tremendous amount of science that supports the idea of drinking gallons of, of, of. Orange juice helps you, helps you to actually overcome the flu more rapidly than, than not. So, but just drinking lots of fluid, getting yourself hydrated and keeping yourself hydrated because you're going to be, um, probably, um, you know, um, sweating and burning up a lot of your body's, uh, fluids throughout the next couple of days. If you have high temps and stuff like that, and just kind of flushing your body is a really good thing. Um, I think there's um, very good, um, you know, evidence, both anecdotally and some scientifically, that suggests things like fire cider and elderberry tea and elderberry elixir and those kinds of things help to do all kinds of things to help you with your respiratory illnesses and um, prevent either prevent illness or help you with symptom management um, by um, doing things like reducing inflation. Um, inflation. Would be great if the influence reduced inflation, (laughs) actually, inflammation. Um, anyway, if only it could save us
4: from inflation,
2: (laughs) right? If we could just like throw it on, right now, too. Exactly. Maybe next, maybe
4: next time you're on Doctor Staley, we could talk about your tips to protect yourself from inflation. But, in,
2: um, from inflation, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <But> I, I, <laughs> on
4: Angelica, is there anything um, that you've been using to uh, keep yourself healthy or mitigate your mm-hmm. symptoms while you're having uh, COVID?
3: Um, well, while I was sick, I, think, I must have had influenza A or something like that. Um, all I know is that we were sick as, as heck. Um, but my mom did, um, make us, um, make my, me and my sister some tea and she's really sweet. And then she made us also swamp tea. So, um, mm-hmm. I believe that was gathered, um, by my sister or another relative that gifted it to us. Um, but you know, we just also, I took a Epsom salt, Epsom salt baths, um, and really just kind of took care of myself. Um, I also use like, um, what is it? A um, essential oil diffuser. So I kind of like do some I don't know if anyone's familiar with Young Living, but I I use their products and they have really nice um, essential oils that are um, I believe organically sourced. And so they're really um, helpful. And there's like some um, mm-hmm. air purifying ones and just all of that. So I was yeah. using that and it was really nice. Um I don't know what it is, but my mom must know an old trick to break a fever is like you take a, you know, a hot bath or a cold bath and put some like alcohol in it or not, but like rubbing alcohol or something like that. Um, I believe if that if my fever didn't you know break, then that's what she would have told me to do. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of it. And also I seen Alice had put in that she uses like um a cedar tea and a cedar boil which is you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's really mm-hmm. helpful
4: Yeah. I remember reading during COVID, like the height of COVID, that there had been some studies done around uh, cedar and sage and that they both actually helped to cleanse the air. They helped to um, gather and uh, destroy microbes that are living in the air. So when my family, my little family and I had COVID um, earlier this year, actually my infant daughter's first cold that she had was actually COVID. And uh, the two of us were really terribly ill together. And um, it was, she was was Too little for me to give her anything um, other than you know nursing her and uh, taking some warm baths together, so it was really, really difficult for us. Um, and it was in the middle of that uh, formula shortage, too. So, um, my daughter's pediatrician actually made the decision to put me on Paxlovid in case I got desperately ill. Um, there wouldn't have been formula re- readily available to feed her in the event that I was unable to feed her as a nursing mom. So she made the decision to help us both uh, with the Paxlovid, um, which I, I I think it helped, um, but I'm not I'm not sure. I just know we were very very ill for quite some time, and it it really debilitated mm-hmm. us as far as eating. It was a struggle to stay hydrated. Um, but when I was a kid, you know, my mom always used uh, onion syrup. You can make a syrup mm-hmm. from onion, and it's similar to fire cider. I know onion is a big uh, basic ingredient when you make fire cider. And uh, the mm-hmm. onion syrup, I just remember working really well, and that's still something that I use um, with my daughters now, um, because it's, um, it doesn't have a lot of side effects. It's easy to make and you don't have to really worry too much about um, giving it to young children as long as you put sugar in it instead of honey. Because you shouldn't give honey to babies under a year old old but um once kids are a little bit older i know that honey and lemon are both really good expectorants they help to get that gunk out of the lungs so we've been doing a lot of lemon water um at our house too hot lemon water mostly right now we're just doing our best to try to keep from getting ill and um you know, I think a lot of us take to the internet uh, when we're sick and go, "What else can I do? I want to just feel better." Um, and there's no harm in doing those things. But, um, Doctor Stately, when should people go to the hospital? Um, and also, uh, don't go on WebMD, everybody. But when should people go to the hospital? Really <laughs> quick. Before we go off air, Doctor Stately,
2: <laughs> I, I do, I do think that you should plan to go to the urgent care or to the er if you are having difficulty with breathing so if you notice that you are gasping for breath you feel like there's something like sitting on your chest you're struggling to gasp for air get or get good quality of air in your lungs at the smallest amount of effort like normally you could walk up the stairs and you wouldn't be winded or you could get up and do a task and you wouldn't be winded those are signs that you are struggling for you're putting a lot of um, strain on your um, respiratory system and you don't want to have respiratory failure right so like I would I would exercise caution or err on the side of being really cautious and go to the ER doesn't hurt
5: to do that at all
4: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Stately and Angelica Allery for joining us on Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. We'll be back tomorrow.